Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast. I'm your host, Jürgen Graf, and I'm joined today by Lachlan Thiele and Kelly Kunab. How are you guys doing? Hello. Good morning. It's good to be yeah, back. Yeah, you haven't been on for a minute. I think the last recording that we did with you... Pieces of a Woman? It might be Pieces of a Woman, yeah, actually. Um, last few weeks was just kind of Kelly and you in action. <laughs> you missed out on, on Call Me By Your Name. That was actually a really fun yeah. recording. Nah, man, I'm going to listen to it tonight, actually, because I like to listen to you guys sometimes when I'm when I'm not on, obviously. Oh. But I could also be lying. I'm, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I really like the extra part and the end. Our beautiful duet. <laughs> you guys do a duet? Oh, I'm totally listening to this now. Yeah. I'm totally going to listen. Well, I wouldn't really call it a duet. Imagine karaoke, but it's the end of the night and everyone's just kind of shit-faced. And the two <laughs> last idiots go on stage. And like do it for 15 seconds. That's the end of the last episode. If that's a good pitch, then I guess go check it out. But the overall (laughs) episode was also um, really fun. But yeah, uh, how's how's everyone's week been? What have you been up to? I'm in lockdown. Yay. Can you tell us why that is? (laughs) Look, I'll make this the super brief version, but I'll start off by saying uh, Western Australia, which is the state where I'm from, has had 10 months of basically no COVID-19 local like uh, contact tracing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So no one mm-hmm. locally has gotten COVID from someone else, right? We do have COVID-19 here. It's just all in the quarantine uh, hotel. Yeah. But we did have an outbreak and it was basically one dude who tested positive who was a worker there and we've all gone into lockdown for a week. Some are calling it overkill. I think it's not too bad of a – like a it's, it's, it, it is – Granted that COVID is very spreadable and this strain is the UK variant, which is very, very contagious. I wouldn't say it's overkill by going into lockdown for one person. People are, but hey, look, I, I'm halfway through the lockdown. We've still got two more days until we're done. So <laughs> yay. I mean, it, it does sound in comparison to the uh, to other like countries' cases, it might sound a bit overkill, but I mean, it's like containing something. Uh, it's better than having two cases. Are we talking about like, the two other are you talking about Switzerland and are you talking about America? Because if they are, talk about we, it. I, I'm telling you what, I'm very lucky to be here in Australia, and, and we've just got our borders just shut. But again, the benefits of living on an island are the downsides of living on an island. Is true, that true. downsides? I can't walk to another country. I have to fly there, which is expensive. And the good side is that hey, if we do get a, 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 a I guess a virus that spreads, we can just be like eh, everyone, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, we don't have to update on the Swiss situation, but uh, <laughs> it's still kind of dire. And um, I guess relevant to this podcast, cinemas are still closed. But uh, un- at least until the end of February, we will see then, I guess. But Kelly, what, have you been up to anything? You know what? I promised myself that I'm going to start working on school stuff on February the 1st. And yeah. I haven't. I'm doing great. <laughs> that is great. Last time with Call Me By Your Name, I think I... I I, I asked you as well what you were up to. And um, yeah, I think you said you also want to do school stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's been same, same. I mean, to be fair, it hasn't been too long, but it just feels like an eternity, at least to me. Because since, uh, when did we re-record on Thursday? Yeah. And it was after my first day uh, or like my first night at Sundance where I, oh, where yeah. I didn't sleep. I just <laughs> did all night. And it's basically been that since then. Um, I watched over 60 films. I still, the only thing I got to do today is the last day. It's, it's Wednesday, by the way, last day of, of Sundance. I still, I think I have like only four films this day, but which is strange to say only four films because I've been watching like 13 or 14 movies a day. 
<laughs> so yeah, it has been intense, but it's been a fun process, and and I'm looking forward to talking about the films um, in the future. I guess that's the downside. I don't get to talk about it with you guys because uh, we didn't really get a pass for the whole crew. But maybe maybe in the future we will uh, be covering Sundance. Yes, please. As uh, just a quiet on set exclusive. I did something that I'm really proud of. Oh. I took Donald Trump's tweets between November 3rd and November 7th, which is election, the election, you know, remember mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Little thing. I exported them all. I put them all in an Excel and they're all organized by time, day, if it's a retweet, what the content is, was it deleted? And I am so proud of that. So well, I was. That I, I just have like a, a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's for something related to uni. <laughs> I'm doing research on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. No, it's just, it's just a personal collection that. of Donald Trump tweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you bring it up in conversation at your next family gathering. It's like, oh fuck, I've got a Trump tweet for this. Let me just get to my Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got it all tagged, oh whether it's like racist or sexist or. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I should do that. You know, good idea. I'll do that yeah. next. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I, I mean, Sundance went digital this year. And mm -hmm. being digital, I mean, yes, there's that. I mean, I don't want to show as many people as possible, but getting an, a, a, a larger audience to a festival could have been, I don't know, better performance for them. I mean, I couldn't easily get tickets to view content because I'm in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Which is disappointing, but um, hey, look. Next year, maybe, if they continue it to be online. I Look, it would be nice I, if I don't have to fly all the way over to see a film festival. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind flying over to see a film festival. It, it, it's just that this year they had a, an opportunity to open it up worldwide. But let's let's just move on. I do want to say some uh, one thing about that. Because I, I hope that at least in future years we will be able to get some kind of press accreditation. Because, like, it is pretty expensive and still... Also, don't ask me how I got to watch films because I'm not in the US right now and it's US only. Yes, you are. Don't... I am. Yeah, you are. I thought you were in the US. Uh, yeah, you can see... Didn't uh, you sorry. go to Florida? <clears throat> I, I had something in my throat right there. Uh, <laughs> Florida, man. Yo, I, I'm staying with the Oscar expert. Uh, you guys, come on and talk about <laughs> Sundance. <laughs> yeah, Florida, right? Uh, yes, Florida. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I moved upstate. How's I went to New York, New York, New York. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyways, uh, Sounds good. <laughs> what have you guys been watching? <laughs> Let's just move on. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You know what? We should have we should have you and go first. Yeah, let's have you and go first. That's a good call. You and you go first. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, well, I... Uh... <laughs> I've watched 60 movies on Sundance, and I'm not going to talk about them. Count all the 60 movies. Christ. All right, just cut it down to, like, your number one. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not talking about Sundance today. Well, I, I guess I could uh, say which ones are, like, my highlight, and we'll, we'll talk about them uh, next week with Austin and Cole and Justin. I really liked the Edgar Wright documentary on the Sparks Brothers. That was a really pleasant surprise. Like, uh, also Mass and all the light everywhere on the count of three and flee coda was also great um those are kind of my six highlights i'm not gonna go into what the movies are we'll do that next week but uh yeah that's i haven't watched anything else like why would i watch 14 mm. movies a day <laughs> what do you want from me but yeah you guys go this is your time to shine i continued my eliza schlesinger binge 
Is it really a binge if you only watch one movie per week? I don't think so. Or one special. It's not a marathon binge. I don't know. Who 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 yeah. cares about the semantics? I'd say no, but uh, pff, no one listens to my opinion anyway. I stumbled upon Legally Blonde. Uh, watched it with my dad, which was pretty much, which was very interesting because my dad is like, I don't know how old he is, but he's like in the forties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's. I don't even know if he's my real dad or anything, but. I think he's 40s. <laughs> Who's this man in my house? <laughs> he's a man in his 40s, I think. And we were watching and he was enjoying it so much. Like he was laughing the whole time. I was like, this is a man in his 40s with like a pretty conservative mindset who like freaked out when he saw my nose piercing. He is enjoying this a bit too much. But it was really fun. I didn't watch a lot of stuff because I was focusing on... Not doing uni? Not doing schoolwork, yeah. But I also watched Five Feet Apart. Has anybody seen it? Here. uh yes i'm unfortunate enough to have seen it <laughs> it was it was a very interesting thing to watch especially during freaking covid it is interesting because it's like it's like i don't know when did it come out it came out before covid right 2019 perfect timing isn't it yeah it's just right before it hits and then it's uh it, it's interesting because like it, it, they, they're supposed to be six feet apart right and then the title mm-hmm, is five mm-hmm. feet apart symbolizing like oh it's just a bit closer. I am taking that one feet back. Like, yeah. I'm taking it back from this sickness. Exactly. And it's like wildly irresp- irresponsible, but I guess it's just about the passion and love that you feel before mm-hmm. you might die. But it doesn't get it. I mean, it's a rom-com. It's a teen rom-com. It doesn't get that existential and, and deep on a level. I mean, the themes are interesting. Uh-huh. But they're not executed well. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess like- we both saw that. We share um that experience, Kelly. Oh, wait. How does it go? Two CFers chilling in a hut uh, five feet apart because they're not gay. Where did this go to in the time that I was gone? <laughs> Sorry, I cut my toe. We don't have any band-aids. So I'm just going to let it bleed out. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Is it time for me to talk about what I've been watching? Have you seen Five Feet Apart, Lachlan? No, I haven't. And it's something I don't really have interest in. But Very hey, good. you know, what I do like being mm. five feet apart to stop the spread of COVID-19. <laughs> I actually just also like my personal space. <laughs> that was like the last thing I watched, but for the ending of the movie, I would have much rather seen. Are you spoiling it right now? If you're intending to see the movie, don't listen the next 30 seconds. What I would have loved to see is if they would have been like, screw this, let's make out. Let's like, you know, like <laughs> full on get into it and then just, you know, just die for each other. Because one of them has AIDS, yeah? That's why they can't touch each other. They have, But they both have CF. So what like is that? if they, it's like cystic fibrosis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like with, with your lungs and stuff, you can't breathe. Yep. And if they like switch out bacteria, then they kill, they like die quicker pretty much. Oh, and they should have just, you know, screw it. We're going to die anyway. Let's just like have a good time. And, you yeah. know, that's what I would have done. Yeah. They were still kind of behind the morality of like, should we do this? Should we not? We shouldn't. And mm-hmm. uh, let's just move on for five feet apart, I guess. <laughs> Not really that great in film. But yeah, Lachlan, what have you been watching? I'll just quickly run through them as quickly as possible. And I'll only talk about the ones that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I watched Another Round, which was really, really awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, that's the Mads Mikkelsen getting drunk off his nut movie. It's a really good feel-good movie. And it talks about uh, alcohol abuse a little bit. So I don't know. It was just a really good film. And it has a really nice ending. Yeah. The Wolf of Snow Hollow, uh, fun little werewolf film. Not exactly what you think, but actually really fun. So I'll give it that. 
uh, Let Him Go, which is that Western starring... Um, Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner, that's it, yeah. Let Him Go, the Western starring Kevin Costner. Again, not a film that I thought it was going to be, but went in a direction that I'd really enjoyed. So um, if you like a little bit of a, a Western and uh, I guess the, a, like a, a scenes that make you feel uncomfortable, you should watch Let Him Go. Uh, I watched The Little Things, which is the Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Jared Leto threesome. Oh. Rami Malek, as always, is a one-dimensional character who has the same face in every scene. Uh, Denzel Washington is playing Denzel Washington, playing a police cop who is playing Denzel Washington. It's just Denzel Washington being himself. <laughs> the only good performance I would say is Jared Leto. I wouldn't say the story is incredible, but it did keep me in. Jared Leto's performance is really, really captivating. His performances can be pretty hit or miss, and this one's pretty much a, a hit, I would say. But at the same time, uh, story isn't anything crazy. Uh, it's I would say the editing's a bit piss poor, but the, like the whole scene, like when you get put look at the scene in a whole, mm-hmm. it was really fun. Especially the last, I'd say, 30 minutes is really, really awesome. And I watched uh, Shame with uh, Steve McQueen, uh, directed it, and stars Michael Fassbender. And uh, movie is uh, it's, it's a bit much <laughs> um, if you don't know what it's about. So don't watch it with your parents. Yeah, no, it's a sick film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've been watching. Yeah, that's one of the uh, Steve McQueen films that I have not seen yet. Shame and both Shame and Hunger. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You should watch it. There's very little dialogue, so it's all very much mise-en-scene, mm-hmm. if you want to get all filmy. But no, it's like it's it's really pretty. Like, it's a really beautiful film. So we got some new releases today. Uh, we got a new studi- Studio Ghibli film that's releasing oh. called Earwig and the Witch. Okay. Dropping on HBO Max um, today. And uh, also a Netflix film called Space Sweepers. Uh, that's a Korean space opera. And it's apparently the first movie from South Korea that is... Uh, I guess, kind of a space blockbuster. Um, yeah, coming from Netflix. Can I just quickly say to all those Studio Ghibli fans, this is like a big switch for them. It's a different kind of animation style that they've, they've gone for. Um, I'm going to keep an open mind because obviously it's not really the, I mean, the animation is what's kept me in with Studio Ghibli for a while. It's very beautiful and yeah. obviously has a lot of detail in it, but they can do the same thing if it's computer animated as well, which I believe this is. Yeah, and the first one they did computer animated. Yeah. It's their first, way of going into this and obviously it's a lot faster for them to pump out films mm-hmm. um and obviously they're now owned by disney so disney's probably like hey we're po- poking them with a stick or some shit wait are they yeah they are they are uh, i, I owned by don't disney. know i, I don't know they if are. they just have to license things i i well why wouldn't they would their stuff be on disney plus then i, I don't think they are because their stuff is, is on i mean it, it's on netflix international and on hbo max so that will be warner brothers or at&t I don't think they are. Just the licensing rights might be kind of all over the place. Oh wait, no. I think they were. I think they were owned by Disney. I think they were acquired by Disney, and Disney was like, "Yeah, fuck it, you can go." Probably just the Disney part that did all the like um, the dubbing. They did a lot of the dubbing yeah. uh, in like yeah, mid two thousands. But yeah, this is the I think the third film from Goro Miyazaki. That's the son of Hayao Miyazaki, the legendary filmmaker mm. who uh, did Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away and. Lots of the Studio Ghibli greats. The early reception hasn't been great for it. And I also have not liked a Goro Miyazaki film, if I'm honest. So I'm not expecting oh. a good film at all. But uh, yeah, I guess it's just something to tag Studio Ghibli onto. And I, at, at least we'll get something from that studio. But uh, I think if we ever get another film from Ghibli, it will 
be a while until we do get a new one. Yeah, I guess you do still have the the classics to fall back to and just watch them. They are great and they're timeless. They're timeless anyway. Yeah, exactly. Another film that's releasing today, of course, is the movie we're talking about today, Malcolm and Marie. So let's get into it. So this is the latest and um, some would say greatest, some would say worst from Netflix. Directed by Sam Levison, also written by Sam Levison, the director and writer from Euphoria. And critical reception so far has been, as expected, like incredibly split. It's really fun to check on Letterboxd and um, see someone who was like name dropped, like the the white guy from IndieWire, and then see what the white guy (laughs) from IndieWire actually writes. And then that he doesn't like the film is kind of even more funny to me. But yeah, we'll get into it even more um, in a second. It, it's starring Zendaya and John David Washington, and only those two. It's kind of a a, a two-hander, a classic two-hander, just kind of conversation-based. Um, filmed in July uh, last year in 2020, a movie produced during um, quarantine. Uh, during COVID, I guess. So yeah, the logline reads, a filmmaker and his girlfriend return home from his movie premiere. Smoldering tensions and painful revelations push them toward a romantic reckoning. Yeah, that's that's the movie, everyone. So what was everyone's initial impression? Like uh, impressions? Like, did you like the film? Yeah, we'll get into spoilers actually pretty soon. Um, but we'll keep this uh, non-spoiler for now. You d- you know what my first impression was? <laughs> it's it's in black and white. <laughs> first thing i saw it was used uh they used an do you say ari or a-r-r-i ari 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 they they used an ari cam and they were shot on kodak film say less you know i was i was i was ready to go in i knew this was gonna look oh good. yeah it looks incredible it's shot on i think i believe a 35 millimeter and on an ari uh not a digital lens but uh, and not a digital camera but but a film camera I believe I fuck with that so hard. Yeah, <laughs> with the Kodak, bitch. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, uh, it's an, it's really pretty film. Um, it's also like really well shot, and uh, considering the limitations of 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 COVID, I think they did a great job of like I guess kind of catering mm-hmm. towards a story that works within those boundaries. But Lachlan, what were your initial mm-hmm. impressions when you when you wrapped up watching the film? Oh, at the end? Oh, by the end, I, I'd, I'd stop giving a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess, I guess let's trade us it back. I thought you were going to say, when, when you, you said initial shit. reaction, when you said initial reaction, I was like, oh, my initial reaction was I'm winning with open arms, being like, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, you know why I'm saying initial reactions? Why? Because like, it, it's a movie that has, it does have a few like subjects that you could dwell on uh, when the movie's wrapped. So maybe that's just my experience because when the movie was done, that were kind of my initial impressions. Oh, look, mm-hmm. they were they were fighting. Oh, no. And then I kind of was thinking about it a bit more. Look, at the start, I was ready to go in with open arms and be like, yeah, yeah, cool. When I first saw the trailer and I saw it in black and white, I didn't think it was, I thought it was going to be like a stylistic choice, which it was, and it added nothing to the film. And I'm very much a par- opposed to films being just solely made in black and white to have that aesthetic. I don't see it adding any kind of thing on top. Only reason I see them doing it is that because it was shot during quarantine, they have one less thing they have to worry about with color and <laughs> lighting is typically a little bit easier in black and white because it's really just contrast more than anything. 
So I could see themselves being on the skeleton crew going, let's make it easier and shoot it in black and white. So if that's the case, then I'm okay with that. Then cool. That's just your restrictions. But honestly, if they shot it in color and shot it in black and white, either of those two, the film doesn't hold it for me. The acting is, the, it, it comes and goes. I, it's really just monologue after monologue. And it's really, in, in, in my eyes, this is how I see it. It's the same fight scene rewritten mm. and set as act one act two and act three yeah so basically they've gone hey let's have them fight and then let's have them fuck let's have them fight let's have them fuck let's have them one last fight and one last fuck <laughs> it's more like okay let's have them fight now let's do something else and now let's tease like they're about to fuck but they don't instead they fight let's have a little break maybe they fuck no, wait, they're fighting again? And then it goes smooth jazz. <laughs> I should have asked, asked you to, to sum up the story, Lachlan, the way that you just kind of did it there. But. Oh, I can, easily, I can easily sum up the film. Well, Ready? I guess go, Ready? yeah. Wait, no, I'll do I know. We'll wait, no, we'll, wait for, we'll wait for spoilers for me to sum up yeah, the film because yeah, yeah, I've that... got an easy way of summing up the film. All right, let's get into spoilers, Lachlan. Sum up the movie. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, sum up the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get into it. John David Washington's Malcolm and Zendaya's Marie starring Malcolm and Marie and Mac and Cheese. That's the film and that's the title. (laughs) Essentially, after his film premiere, Malcolm and Marie come home and obviously it's a late night and they're moody. So they get into a small little argument after getting down and dirty. Not all the way, but, you know, just a little bit for a tease, right? As they start fighting, some smooth jazz comes along and they get into it, abusing each other, using each other's physical appearances to abuse each other, using Malcolm's creative anxieties against him, uh, using Zendaya's suicidal and drug abuse things against her. Smooth jazz again. Copy, paste. Copy, paste. End. That's it. Copy and paste three times. That's your act one, your act two, your act three. Zendaya, for some reason, the prop department couldn't get her a normal lighter, so they had to use a candle lighter. <laughs> Again, stylistic choice. I was like, girl, I'll, I'll go and get you a 20-cent big lighter if you want me to. Yeah, that's the film, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very repetitive. It was like the same shit over again. They ran out of ideas, so they started fighting over mac and cheese. I think I do have to say, guys, you are missing the point, and I guess you didn't get this. <laughs> fucking gatekeeping no uh I, yeah. I i do think that um it it isn't as much repetition as it's kind of symbolizing a bunch of stuff which is funny because like the movie shits on that whenever film critics try to like find something they can t- attach everything to which is like after the movie i was kind of thinking do i do that a lot because I, I tend to do that as well and then i was like thinking, i hmm. definitely do the same thing <laughs> yeah I, I guess that's kind of natural you want to sound smart well yeah i guess you do want to sound smart but i I definitely am not after like a week of only three hours of sleep i definitely will not sound smart in this but i i kind of liked the the repetition in a sense that they are they are going down the same rabbit hole over and over again and whatever Mm. comes out is like more toxicity that they have towards each other they don't really get to a place where they can solve something because the issues that they have aren't like as as something that they can solve, but it's it's fundamentally something wrong in the dynamic of the relationship. Like the 
the thing that uh, how how Malcolm kind of in a sense maybe used her to for his own creativity that's something that is nothing that that they can really work through so they do have the same arguments over and over again until they probably inevitably inevitably like break up <laughs> because i do think this is a really toxic relationship i don't know about you guys but it, it is super toxic right it does evolve it does start as kind of like a petty fight and then mm-hmm. each fight does get a bit more into each other's personal uh, insecurities that's the one thing i would say i do like about this film and again i'm i don't i'm not completely shitting on this film there were points in this film that i did almost start tearing up mm-hmm. like it actually did get me to feel some things here and there one of those scenes and and for some reason it's always when zendaya was being attacked for some reason i saw her because maybe she was maybe because she came home uh not as happy as john david washington did mm-hmm. and it's, i think it's the same the same mentality of if you see take a nature documentary right if you if you see a a starving lion first kill a prey you're going to feel happy because you saw that lion first but if you see the prey first mm-hmm. and a lion killing it you're going to feel bad for the prey now you're not going to feel bad for the lion mm-hmm. that's the mentality i saw her as the weaker person first so every time she got hurt i i was starting to tear up so that that scene in the bath where she is just being ripped apart by malcolm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, she goes, are you done? And he's like, I'm not even fucking close. Do you want me to stop? And she's like, no, just keep going. Oh, and she's like, well, she like got choked up and went, no, keep going. I went, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, like, why would you want that upon yourself? And so mm-hmm. the writing is pretty good. I do think the the dialogue is snappy and it's really intelligent and smart. And the constant fighting, the, the small little things that they what is that noise i can hear in the background i think it's my dog snoring so uh, <laughs> i was wondering if uh, because lachlan was pretty close to his microphone so i thought that oh shit this is going to be a lot of editing but no, sorry, I guess it's, um, it's, no it's, it's fine it, it, it will, i think it will be cut out anyways don't worry about it Oi, don't wake him up oh i feel bad now i feel bad <laughs> and anyway um the dialogue is really intelligent it's really smart they deliver it really well the majority of the time. There was one scene in particular that I could feel Zendaya knowing what she was going to say next, so it did feel quite acted and just. And that was just that one scene mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he was still, he would, Malcolm was still talking, and she already had her lips ready for the next for the next dialogue and, and for the next line of dialogue. And I was like, okay, that pulled me out for a second there. But that's the only time I I, I noticed John do it a little bit as uh, do it as well. But anyway, the dialogue is smart and it's snappy. Isn't that something that could happen naturally in in a in a fight? It's interesting that it takes you out of it. That like you want to let the other person stop talking, but you you have to say something, so you're kind of already ready to go into it. But you felt that it more was like bad on the performances that it came through that they were like holding the emotion that they were about to inject into the like the next line. But it was like three or four lines of dialogue that she projected that, oh. she, that she knew she was going to say yeah okay. and that's and it was and it was one of those fights it was one of, i think it was one of the first fights mm-hmm. where she was about to say no and she were and he was still talking and she was about to go no and her and her lips already had the like the n in position to start mm. talking so <laughs> that's just one thing it's it's something really minor yeah. but when there's not a lot pulling me in i'm gonna pick details like that that's just unfortunately the film yeah. But at the same time, I, I do think the majority of the dialogue is written really well. Yes, I do think it's the same scene written over and over three times, but they do evolve in a way that's, for the majority of the time, it's, it's, a, it's a good evolution. 
Do I think it's a good story? Yeah. Nah, not really. It doesn't really hold me in. I mean, do you guys think it's a good story? Because I, I, I personally don't think there's much of a story here. I think it's just, again, I think it's just one scene that they just, <laughs> one, is there, is it, just, is it just interior house or interior fight scene night? And it's just that one fucking scene header for the entire like hour and a half. <laughs> hey, there's like two scenes outside. There's like one that they're okay, on the Okay, sure, porch. but there's like no dialogue. <laughs> this variety, Lachlan. No, I, well, I, I uh, actually kind of liked it a lot, but it's kind of my cup of tea. Uh, so I do like that we okay. are like totally different opinions when it, when it comes to it. Because I like those kind of uh, relationship movies where they're just kind of fighting. That, that, that's my like thing. Like Marriage Story? Like Marriage Story, like Before uh, Midnight. That's, that's my shit. It's like... I saw a review that said this is Marriage Story, but as a Calvin Klein ad. <laughs> true, true. But I think Marriage Story has way, way more going for it. Yeah. Now, yes, Marriage Story mm-hmm. wasn't shot during quarantine, so they weren't restricted to one set. But yeah. I do feel like there's more they could have done instead of just have. I mean, sure, it is a. It, overall, it is just them fighting, them arguing, and that's the entire film, this toxic relationship, how much it can fall in almost one night. But mm-hmm. again, it's also about how it doesn't matter how much they're going to argue; they still do care for each other. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what what most people will probably take away from it that are in, I guess, kind of the film scene uh, is the whole dialogue about film criticism. But I didn't take that as that much of the story as I think everyone's kind of projecting it to be. No. It, it is a part of it. I mean, there's a lot of critique coming from that and it's the in, an interesting conversation um, in a sense that are you like generalizing a, a group uh, of people or like a work from someone just because of their race and then you attach something to it just so maybe it, it has a be- better title for journalism. So it's kind of integrity to journalism and all that uh, that shit. And then that you always attach a work from a um, person of color to like the struggle of, of, of people of color and you just can't let it be an art, on, uh, like an mm-hmm. art piece on a piece of entertainment on its own. Um, I do think that this movie is like completely the opposite of that then. It, it's in stark contrast because it is so uh, idea heavy in a sense that when it tackles these issues, it's not trying to be something that is that is light, that is just for entertainment. So I think that dynamic is pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it's a very meta thing to have someone critique guys people who critique film and adding that extra layer of race into it as well was something really interesting that the first experience i have with john david washington was black klansman so i think him putting on his white mm-hmm. voice is him just flexing now because he knows how to put on his white <laughs> voice he did it for black klansman he can do it again <laughs> but uh, at the same time i I, t- I completely agree with you i do not think critiquing film is what you should take away from this i think it's an aspect and i think it was good that they weren't arguing the entire time. He had that argument with himself, mm-hmm. and I found that really entertaining. Yeah. Also, on side note, he they went through so many different ways you can argue. He even went through, you know, when your parents get mad at you and you go to your room and you start saying random, like you start like mumbling yeah. under your breath. That's what he did when he went outside <laughs> and he was like swinging his arms. He was like, and I was like, man, this is so realistic. Like I've done this before. So no, again, it comes back to the performances, and this is what really held it in for me. The majority of the time was them and i think that's they knew they weren't going to do anything too glamorous and mm-hmm. fancy with the cinematography which they do do some things which are kind of nice but it, i found it more to be the blocking side of it like where they move into the scene mm-hmm. like that one particular shot where at the start where it dollies to the left mm-hmm. sorry to the right and he jumps onto the counter and he like you see him dancing with his oh, shoes yeah, and yeah. i was like oh it's kind of cool mm-hmm. it's kind of neat 
uh, adds a bit of depth to the film, uh, to the scene, I guess. Yeah, the mac and cheese preparation as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Give me some of that montage. The highlight of the film. Oh, baby. I hated that so much. Why? Bad. Why did you hate it? Like, just her doing the mac and cheese, like how it was cut together. The, maybe it's just my hatred for mac and cheese. Yeah, I've never had mac and cheese, so I, I, like, I have no oh, feeling good. towards oh, it. Oh, man. It is so good. Pasta and cheese, baby. Oh. Homemade. Okay, craft crap. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Processed stuff or homemade stuff tastes <laughs> fucking brilliant. Oh, processed t- stuff tastes better because it's got, you know, like, I, I don't know, what, whatever the government's pumping into you, I guess. <laughs> COVID-19. Like, just how it... Just how that was cut together, I was like, I was like, do I really want to watch this right now? I think not. Also, a very weird. I just hate mac and cheese, and I hated the way it was cut together. That's basically it. I love that Lachlan and I are talking about like film criticism and stuff like that, and Kelly's like, (laughs) I hate mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) No, there were just like some very weird choices. Like, why why are you glamorizing mac and cheese? And then suddenly she goes outside to pee. But before we saw her pee in the house, like, what is this fascination with her oh, peeing? No, no I, I completely agree. Because I live in a, like a little granny flat or like a little shed at the back of my house. So mm-hmm. being able to just pee on the lawn, which sounds gross. I, I, I agree with Zendaya in this point. Or I agree with Mar- Maria. I just agree. Maria. Right? It's, it's Maria. It's freeing. First, they show her pissing in the house. And half an hour later, she goes to piss outside. It's about the choice. It's about the freedom, Kelly. Don't you get it? It's a racial issue, no. right? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, not. No. And then they chose to make her a smoker. I don't know if that's like a if that's like a sign of her past addictions or something. A lot of addicts pick up smoking because it's a, it's not as bad as like yeah. meth, I guess. Mm. But then I look at it and it's like she uses this weird ass lighter, which kind of signifies sig- signifies sig- signifies that she doesn't smoke that often. But when you look at her, if you have ever smoked before, that looked so fake the way she was smoking, like as if she had like just found a cigarette for the first time in her life. That looked so bad. Interesting. Know? It's interesting the, the the things that you that you nitpick, but I guess it's just a testament to the yeah. to the story that there wasn't that much to like easily latch onto. But I mean, how do you I guess talk about separate arguments? Because at the end of the day, they're not productive. They're really destructive, and that's mm-hmm. kind of all you can say about them. And maybe the more interesting part is like, where are they coming from? Why are they attacking each other? And what are the bases of, mm-hmm. of their attacks there? And and there, there is some interesting stuff in there. I mean, like the theme of exploding, exploiting each other's struggle is something I think that also runs through film history. I, I'm doing the film critic thing. Yeah. I'm connecting it to something else that has no relation to it. Look at me. I'm white guy from Quiet on Set. They're like something that happens in, in, in history that also... <laughs> Damn, I, I hate to say this because it's like something that... The, the character actually calls out in the film but white people be like telling stories about black people when they're slaves you know and that's exploitative some exploiting yeah. someone else's trauma is what i mean marie accuses malcolm of doing in a sense as well that he's really not interested in her as a person but more as someone who who is struggling and i think that's also like as, as someone like Lachlan. You and I, we, we want to make movies, you know, in a sense, right? And it's like, how do you come up with stories? Where do you take them from? And you need some kind of inspiration there. And uh, 
I guess it's always a, yeah. a, a, a moral dilemma, like wh where you do you get it? And then if you tell someone's story, is it, are you doing them justice? Are you taking advantage of them? I think that is an interesting theme. I don't think it, it like, it doesn't get explored in the film, but it's just, I was thinking about that after the film. I think during, I mean, during COVID, uh, you can't really do much filming. So I've done, I've done a decent amount of writing, which is something I have wanted to improve on quite a bit. And one thing I will say in every single one of those scripts that I've drafts that I've written is that you source some part of that from a personal experience or any, you, you, you do source your own experience from that. And there's a little bit of you in that, but it's not always going to be you. So you try to put your head in someone else's brain. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you're still going to source from personal experience. So when it comes to writing, you, you know, you can see how, I mean, he goes through it. He, he, he talks about his girlfriends and his, his partners that he's sourced from and that Zendaya thought was her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to think, I mean, I can see where she's got it from. It's like, oh, that's my walk. It's not. It was Kiki's, as he said. So, look, I was going to say, us nitpicking these things, I think because we stay in this one spot, this one location, mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of, like, if you change location, there's different things your eyes can look at. There's only, only so much, so many times I can look at the same kitchen or the same couch or the same outside mm. landscape and go, okay, cool. That, that's, that tree looks pretty. That, that, I like that little, little statue on the table. <laughs> but right now, it's like, like after that, is, what, do I, what do I look at? I have to watch the performance and that's it. That's all, that, that's all that's going for it. There's no time where my eye went away from them. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, usually you have, you know, in between scene changes, this beautiful landscape. And, and the best example I'll give, and it's, it's all my examples for everywhere, is Blade on 2049, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. In between scenes, you got these beautiful landscape shots of Los Angeles, and it's and it's like, oh, sweet, this is my location. There's none of that. It's always just a quick cutaway of Zendaya smoking and John David Washington mumbling under his breath because he can't handle his anger. <laughs> but but yeah. speaking speaking of their arguments, did you guys obviously one thing I I think kind of um I guess started with for Malcolm's character was when Marie attacked his creative side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the, how insecure you are if you put yourself out there creatively. That's one thing I attached yeah, to. It hurt now me. I was like, fuck, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> I'm ready to fucking throw hands. I got mad as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, I related with him um, there, uh, a bit too much. <laughs> so I think anyone who's anyone who's in a creative field, there's there's different kinds of ways people are going to relate to these, to like, relate to this film. In Because I mean, mm -hmm. I don't care if you hate this film. At some point you will relate because at some point you've been in a fight. Now, I came up with that like that example of like arguing with your parents that you mumble under your breath. That's what John David Washington does when he walks outside and starts like throwing his hands around the leaves. Mm -hmm. Everyone's done that at some point, yeah. right? Everyone's had that bad argument with someone. And at some point you will have like a flashback, which I think maybe some people have at this point. Or you will have that criticism from a creative work that you've done. And when you've been criticized on that, whether it be a review or whether it coming from your, your partner saying, hey, it was mediocre. <laughs> What like like did you find yourself kind of like finding this relatable in any kind of way at some point? I mean, I did make a short film that was I was accused of actually by an, an ex girlfriend that I did just take uh, her for that, and so I have that experience Ooh. firsthand. And I I can tell you that it's not not a nice conversation to have, especially if she feels like uh, 
you're misrepresenting her or like i don't know putting her in a in a, in a bad light so yeah i can definitely relate to this <laughs> and it's it's mm. a bit terrifying in a sense because you, you do feel like okay i'm putting my own creativity out on the line and like i'm putting myself out there and then you're being criticized by the people you are closest with mm-hmm. that that can be um kind of hurtful but i do think like in, internally creative people are like really insecure uh, a lot of times so it didn't there was a lot of lot of truth in in their arguments and i i found myself siding with with both sides with Zendaya a couple of times not just when she was really attacked uh that harshly when she, in, in the bathtub it d- does feel like she may be blowing things a bit out of p- proportion a lot of the time because i do think that in, in the headspace we are more with malcolm because i think he, he kind of outshines her as well uh, as as a like as a performer um and in his performance but also in his arguments and um just i guess by his by his presence as well uh so i guess that's that it comes back to to the the hunter and the prey in a sense that you relate to the prey although i wouldn't call it that nature (laughs) the way that he treats her (laughs) it's definitely toxic from both sides and uh, also uh, not really the circle of life so Kelly, I think you wanted to talk about art imitating life a bit. It was the fact that how the the exact thing that you were talking about how um, Malcolm had this tendency to use like real life people as inspiration for his for like his work, mm-hmm. right? How the movie that he puts out is pretty much like a biography almost of his girlfriend's life, even if it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you talked about it already. yeah i guess <laughs> i guess i talked about it. I, f- I thought you um meant um maybe a bit as well from the writer that like his art is imitating maybe his thoughts as well which i guess doesn't really make sense when you say art mm-hmm. imitating life but i saw that from the white guy from IndieWire. that was one of his i think um <laughs> arguments that uh like it feels just like sam levison is having an argument with himself and mm-hmm. he made it into a screenplay and had two people uh, fight over it. But uh, I guess the, yeah. the whole outbreak, like the, the the fire that sparked it. Not saying thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's not saying thank you and um, not acknowledging. But then I, I like that it, it cuts deeper. That's It has the overall narrative structure of like, I don't mm-hmm. know if, if you thought that was I was well written, but I've, I thought at least that it was, that it ties back into um, an overall thing of not appreciating someone. Um, in the relationship and that mm-hmm. is represented through you don't see me you know in a sense and you don't acknowledge me uh for how important mm-hmm. that i am to you and it's like i don't know what your personal experience is but in relationships sometimes you it, it's the exact argument that that Zendaya makes that sometimes you treat the people that you're closest with um kind of the worst and you you're projecting a better image to like people that don't know you as well and you that you want to perceive you well and then you don't treat uh your closest ones as nicely you know taking someone for granted mm-hmm. and not appreciating what they actually do for you all of the like time. mac and cheese you know <laughs> shut up about the mac and cheese <laughs> but uh, yeah uh do, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about uh, what did you guys think of the ending, actually? Like, with the, the fancy scene with the mirrors? I loved it. 
I was so confused by it at first, but it was it was cute, you know. I did re- rewind <laughs> just to figure out how they shot it, and um, yeah, that's kind of the nerd inside of me. I like that a lot. Was it like? Was it like the camera was shooting in one direction and there was like a bunch of mirrors going in the other direction? Well, see, like, I did figure it out. Um, I can't say that I remember how it was because I've mirrors? seen 70 films since. So <laughs> it's a bit mumble right now. Cool flex, yeah, but weird you know. flex, but okay. Yeah, no, it's just a really well done shot, I think. There's definitely some some layer that you could interpret it into, but in the spirit of the film, we won't do it right now. You can say that you can say that after all of these fights, it is as if they had uh broke broken each other down into fragments of themselves, so that they're now after these fights, they're broken into pieces. What are you? Tra- what point? Are, what point are you trying to make? The the uh, the mirrors no, aren't no, no. broken. The mirrors give an illusion as if they are in like different, oh, different spaces. Pieces. Yeah, they they separate a bit. Like they they themselves, you you see Zendaya in like three parts or more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like they're broken, but they're together. True, 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 true. Like the overlays. Yeah, I thought I thought I pretty mean? shot, and then it ended kind of there. It was a pretty <laughs> shot, and uh, I was like the combination yeah. of toxicity, briefly kind of a moment of of, of resolve, but. <laughs> definitely really intense yeah to wrap it up i mean we do have oscars coming up pretty soon do you think this will rack up any kind of nominations or even an award i i think it can surely get a nomination for a screenplay but i don't think it would be winning material yeah. it That's would be competing in original screenplay i believe and i don't know for some reason i think that it's really stacked this year but uh, it's hard to say like what it's up against. I think it's Nomadland. It's a really good screenplay. I think Minari, maybe if that even gets in. But um, yeah, screenplay. I I would say like it, it would deserve a screenplay not a nomination. I think it's mm-hmm. feels very Oscar based. Yeah, that's what what I kind of your initial initial impressions were when you just saw the trailer, right? Kelly? But I remember watching the trailer and I was like, okay, I know what this is gonna be about. Feels kind of boring. well. I do think that it's kind Despiting. of not. Uh, not that much Oscar bait because it, it kind of goes after some of the film industry people and some of the film industry people who actually True. decide who wins awards True. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know how much it, it is baiting uh, it definitely is baiting the intellectual side of, of filmmaking mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and like the reference heavy meta yeah. stuff that isn't like pop culture but it's more like cinephile culture mm-hmm. in that sense but yeah Lachlan mm-hmm. uh if you had to pick like one Oscar that that Malcolm and Marie gets nominated for, what would you pick? Uh, best visual effect. <laughs> Dude, they clicked it and it went color gone. <laughs> it's black and white. Color gone. Ooh. What the hell? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I actually see it being nominated for any Oscars at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be nominated for screenplay, I agree, but I think there are other films out there that were better written and I think might just knock it out of its spot. So if anything, I would agree and say screenplay. I I feel like you're still kind of locked on the Sonic Sonic thing, Lachlan. You do feel hurt 
You so, do feel. I don't think the Hedgehog is going to get best picture. I fucking no, swear to God. Luckily, we have to, swear, Kelly, I swear. we have to prepare for him not being able to cope with this. Yeah, I'm just going to get really drunk and start swearing at my significant others. He's going to start taking speed to feel like Sonic. Do you like how I said significant others instead of significant other as if I have more than one person? We <laughs> <laughs> were kind of all talking at the same time there, so I didn't pick up on that. Now that you're done with Sundance, please watch Paddington. But I do <laughs> think okay. that there's one Oscar that they would get 100%. Which one would that be? I would give them, for that short minute... That beautiful editing of the mac and cheese scene. <laughs> uh, that deserves the Exactly, best. yeah. Uh, let's just let's just go with all the Oscars. Yeah. Let's just give them best animated movie as well. Hell, foreign. Mm. Let's give oh, give best actor to the mac and cheese. <laughs> to the mac and cheese. I'm still mad it didn't get a credit. It should have got a it should have got a like a credit. It, it, all it said was yeah, Zendaya and John David Washington, and it should have just said mac and cheese. Mm. Yeah, it should have been a crap. Had more personality than any of them. Malcolm Marie and Mac and Cheese. <laughs> Did they get a sponsorship money for it? Probably not. It's not a branded thing. But uh, yeah, final thoughts. Um, I guess let's let's round it out with our rating. I think I'm landing the most positively. That's yeah, that, that I can say it like that. I I end um the most favorably towards the film. I guess in a sense. Um, I gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, it's kind of just my. Thing. I like argument-based movies that I do feel uh, kind of smart when I'm done watching them. Like, ooh, I watched something that people were talking <laughs> about something and I understood thing. Ooh, that makes me start, sound smart. Monkey see, monkey like. I enjoyed it a lot, but I understand uh, why like film critics have, have criticisms with it. But also just general audience, I completely see those arguments and I just personally enjoyed it quite a bit. I did talk a lot of shit, but I... Would still give it a seven out, uh, seven and a half out of five. out of the five minutes you talked, you just, you put uh four minutes and fifty five seconds to the mac and tea, the cheese shit talk. <laughs> yeah, I like See, that. I have some issues with it. I have some issues with it, but it was shot with Kodak, so that's like an instant plus two. Jesus, Sally, I know I have my priorities uh set straight. <laughs> oh. uh, so, what did you land on for a rating? I thought, wait, did you say you were rating already? Oh, sorry. Yes, I said a seven. Sorry, I, 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 See, I blanked out for a second. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have, I, I have like my issues with it, but in the end, I kind of, I, I liked how it looked and it was interesting to listen to. So like overall, it's a good movie. I mean, it's, it's not horrible, but I'm not going to watch it mm -hmm. again, you know? Yeah. I also didn't rewatch. I, I was planning on rewatching it, but I, I just didn't get around to it. Um, but I'm kind of glad I I didn't because I think if I if I would have watched it again I would have gone on tantrums and monologues like Malcolm did because mm. uh, like I tend to do that in this podcast as well and I think for me just as a reflection on on how I do the show and how I talk about films it was interesting to get that perspective like how could it be seen by someone who actually is making the film. And I had that thought as mm -hmm. uh, like myself about stuff that maybe I was planning on doing or that I did, but uh, it felt like a, a, a nice um, food, food for thought, I guess, overall. But yeah, Lachlan, Ooh. you're the basher of films. You're the basher of M&Ms. You really shouldn't call me a basher after we just talked about two couples fighting. Yeah. That makes that you sound real bad. pretty insensitive. Look, final thoughts. Final thoughts, honestly. While I give this film a lot of, a lot of slack, I don't think it's terrible. Under the conditions that it was shot in, I think it might be one of the better 
films that have come out in this genre of COVID-19 films, obviously the best being Songbird and the worst being yet <laughs> to come. I can't wait for COVID-19 films to be over. Yeah. Yeah. But- having just wrapped up with Sundance, dude, there's so much more com- coming and it's not good. Yeah, great. Fuck, sweet. Mm. Um, but no, look, I, I, I do think the performances from both parties, Zendaya, John David Washington, are awesome. While I don't think I got a lot of my the ideas that I thought about this film out there because I'm still processing this film. Uh, I didn't. I, I don't think I put my ideas out there as best I could. This film does hit home sometimes for for some people. I do think there are good aspects to it. Unfortunately, it's a very plain, boring film for me. But hey, if you like if you like some acting, then you might like this film. <laughs> there, there's some acting in this movie. There's actually a lot of yeah. acting in this there's, movie. There's actually a lot there's of like acting. mainly acting in this acting? movie. And yeah. words as well. And if you prefer, if you prefer homemade mac and cheese over the the microwavable stuff, fuck, you're gonna orgasm in the first ten minutes. Not even first five. Not even the first two minutes. It's not even homemade. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like craft mac okay. and cheese. Yeah. Why are we getting into it this comes argument out of a again? Box. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But no, yeah, my rating was four point five out of ten. Not a five. Not saying it's perfect, but I, I that four point five literally is like just because of the acting. <laughs> interesting. I, I, think, I find it interesting that you kind of, I would say, uh, arrive at a, a, like a rating that is, in quotes, this low. I like that we have a very different reception of the overall film. But I guess that uh, it wraps it up for today, and I can feel myself uh, dozing off and going to sleep already. Maybe you noticed uh, this episode, I think, wasn't as, like, <laughs> especially compared to, like, last week. <laughs> <laughs> the energy oh level is definitely different, but uh, we'll be back with lots of energy uh, next week. Actually, I'm really excited for next week because we'll have two or not actually three special guests on and to talk about Sundance. We'll have Austin Burke and Justin and Cole from the Oscar expert uh, with the Oscar expert himself and brother bro. Uh, looking forward to talking some um, Sundance smack with them. And uh, yeah, I guess what I forgot to say at the start, um, do leave us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts if you could. It helps us out a lot. And maybe even next year, we'll get press access for Sundance that will make it easier yes, to watch please. some of this, these films. So do leave that over there and uh, we'll have even more coverage coming in the future. And then I can be included in the Sundance episode because obviously I won't be here next week because I haven't seen Squidly Squat. Exactly. Fucking we just got fired. Yeah. yeah. We got fired. <laughs> I'm we've replacing been, you with YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been fired. We've been let go. So yeah, we also have a Patreon so you can join that for just two bucks a month. You get early episodes. You get to vote in polls for upcoming episodes and the best of all, you get a monthly drunk cast show that we actually haven't done in a while. I'm looking forward to getting back to that whenever uh, we got some time. I think we still scheduled to do like Songbird or something like that. We might have another fun one out soon. You can follow us on Twitter. That's set underscore quiet on Instagram, quiet on set podcast and on letterbox. That's quiet on set. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcatcher app. Uh, you can find all of our socials linked below in the show. And with that, we've got no nothing more to say, and we're ready to go. So let's uh, let, let let's go, guys, and let's make some say. mac and cheese. Well, you got something to say? I have, Shut what up! You, why can't what? you? Why did you just assume I have nothing else to say? Well, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. How awkward does it feel now that you know that I actually have something? To yeah, say? that is pretty awkward because usually you guys don't have anything yeah. to add. But I guess luckily you have something to add. Oh. I do have something to yeah. add and I have something to subtract. So I subtract my previous comment. <laughs> you have nothing to add? 
I have nothing to so add. So I guess let's divide. <laughs> let's, let's let's go multiply. Let's let's, let's multiply. Oh, let's multiply yeah. you and you and me. <laughs> let's go, baby. <laughs> I am subtracting myself from this podcast uh, immediately. Goodbye. No, no, you 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 didn't get a choice of being subtracted. You are just being pushed aside like I am tomorrow <laughs> next week. Oh, thank God, I am too. What the hell? <laughs> All right, say our goodbyes to everyone. We'll see you next week. I guess see you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. I'm trying to think of a way how I can I can just yell abuse at you if you want me for the next like two Bye. Four, four minutes. Okay. <laughs> abuse. Yeah, keep going. Abuse. 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 <laughs> Ewan is Callie's webcam is not looking good right uh, now. Ah, no, it's all right. Yours is complete. Your, the webcam is completely pixelated. For no, me. it's fine for me. I guess it's your internet. Like you look like Maybe the censored the- part of the hentai that I watch. <laughs> I think I'm not even joking. We'll send you a photo. <laughs> send me a pic. I think it's the Australian internet. Honestly. Uh, hey, before we before we end the episode, just want to shout out. It was my birthday the other day, so happy birthday! Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, Lachlan! I didn't get yeah, your present. I feel like a shit. That's all right. Shit boyfriend. <laughs> before before I go, I'll show you all this shit that I got for my birthday. Sure, that is that is cool. We'll we'll get to that in a second, I guess. All right, I'll run don't, the. Don't please don't please don't put that in the no, podcast because no, 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 I'm gonna be so embarrassed. I'm gonna be so worry. embarrassed where it's like where it's like wow, this Lachlan guy is a complete cunt. He just fucking he fucking <laughs> just jerks himself off by telling him it's his birthday. <laughs>